This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Hello, my brothers and sisters. Let us rejoice and be glad. Uh, Today is the Lord's Day. And in today's gospel, there's there's a big question. Jesus comes in and he's, he's speaking in the synagogue. And we talked about this last week. He, he says this prophecy, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good tidings to the poor. And then he tells them, This passage was written about me. I am the fulfillment of what Isaiah is talking about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus Christ. And I am here to bring good news and do miracles. And everybody's excited and they're amazed and they're happy. And then he says, but I'm not going to do miracles here in my hometown. And then a little bit later, they're all mad at him and they're throwing him off a cliff or trying to throw him off a cliff. So what, what, what's happening? And that's, that's the big question in today's gospel. Why do his own people turn against him so fast? At one moment, they're amazed at what he's saying. And in the next moment, they want to kick him out of town. And that's that's the challenge of, of what to understand. So the only way to understand that is through the Holy Spirit. So let's pray to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Holy Spirit, without you, our faith can be just trying to do what we're supposed to do. But with you, you bring love and burning charity into our heart and give us the desire and the ache to understand the word, to know the word, to know the Father. We ask that you come into our hearts and into our minds now and help us to understand this gospel and help us to know what it means to us today in our lives. We pray to you and to your spouse. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Amen. So do you know who the four evangelists were? The evangelists were the ones that wrote the gospel. So we have four. What what are they? So the, the last one, if you turn to the last gospel, and in the first chapter... John talks about, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And he uses the Word and the light to mean Jesus, because Jesus is the Word of God. It's the Father speaking to us, and he's also the light that shines in the darkness. And it says, the light shone in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand it, because the people preferred the darkness to the light. What does it mean to prefer the darkness to the light? It's it's not preferring Satan. It's not like saying, hey, I'm going to pick Satan. It's just preferring to not have the fullness of the light for our lives. And that's what we're going to examine today is, is, is that what's going on in with Jesus' hometown? Is they just, they didn't quite want the full light. And how in our lives do we not want the full light? How are we wanting to live in darkness? I think when we read scripture, sometimes we put ourselves in, oh, I'm the, 
I'm the disciple that believed in Jesus, you know? I'm the, I'm the one that was like, yeah, shine on me, all the light. I don't want any darkness. But in our, in our lives, we're actually, you know, kind of wanting a little bit of darkness, like not the full light because it's hard. And then a little bit later, he says, he, meaning Jesus, came unto his own, and his own received him not. Which is what, what happens in today's gospel. He comes in to Nazareth and they do not they do not receive him. But then it says, But to them who did receive him, he gave power to become the sons, the children of God. And that's what's at stake here. If we can receive Jesus, unlike the people in Nazareth did, then we can become children of God. In fact, we already are through baptism. But we can claim that the fullness of, of being sons and daughters of God if we can accept the light fully. So let's look at how did the people in Nazareth not accept the light? I want, to, I want you to imagine, I'm just going to do a little imagining here. So maybe close your eyes and imagine you live in Jesus' town when, he, when, he's a, when he's a kid. So imagine that he's the same age as you. And maybe he lives a couple a couple blocks down. And is he just like every other kid? Probably not because he's also the son of God. So that has to show up in some ways. And does that just mean he's the nicest kid? He was probably nice. He never sinned. He didn't he did never wasn't ever uncharitable. But there's probably other signs and maybe people, maybe your neighbors didn't talk about Jesus as like, boy, that boy is so holy. I think he might be the next prophet, you know, because we don't want to look at other people and admit how that they're holier than us. So I, I imagine that, you know, maybe people talked about Jesus like, yeah, he's a, you know, really nice kid, but he kind of thinks he's better than all the other kids. Sometimes I find him, you know, he's out there and he's teaching the other kids about, about how to love each other. And like, who does kind of, who does he think he is? Or, you know, maybe some of the dads like, yeah, I mean, he's good, but if he just tried a little harder, you know, he doesn't, he's sometimes he's walking out in the fields, you know, and he's just staring up at the sky. And, and then maybe when he's older, like, yeah, is he, you know, is he going to get married? Like, what's going on here? Is he, you know, he's, he's never really shown any interest in any, any of the other girls. Like, he's friends with them, but, you know, he's never really shown that he wants to get married. Like, uh, he's a little weird. Like, I don't know about that, Jesus. And so, I, if, if we imagine kind of like that they aren't quite sure about Jesus because we don't want to recognize that other people are holier than us, um, or I certainly don't, uh, that that might help us to understand what happens here in the synagogue. So so let's let's get into the gospel. So the gospel says that Jesus began to speak in the synagogue. So this is right after he said that he read from Isaiah sixty one and he said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to bring good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted." to proclaim liberty to captives. And then he says to everybody in the synagogue, so imagine you're sitting there next to, next to your neighbors and your parents, and 
This text is being fulfilled today, even as you listen, he says. And it says, and you want approval of all. And the people around you, maybe even, even you hear you hear one person say, you know what? I always thought he might be a prophet. He was always a special boy. Yeah, I, I always kind of knew. And they were astonished by his gracious words that came from his lips. And they said, this is Joseph's son? Surely. But he replied, no doubt you will quote me the saying, physician, heal yourself. What is it? What does he mean? I, I don't even know. Like, you know, maybe some people are thinking like, you know what, if he can work miracles, why, why didn't he heal his dad? Why did he let his dad die? And Jesus said, and tell me, we have heard all that happened in Capernaum. So Jesus, Jesus is saying that this is what the people are going to say. We heard what you did in Capernaum, all those miracles. Come on, do, do some of that here in your own countryside. And then Jesus goes on and he gets serious. I tell you solemnly, no prophet is ever accepted in his own country. And now you, you might hear some grumblings around you like, what does he mean? We, we aren't going to accept him? Like what, what? What's he talking about? Like who does he think he is? And then he says about uh, Elijah, that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's day. But when heaven was shut, when God shut the heavens from, from raining, there was a great time of dryness and the crops would have all died and the animals would have been dying. Elijah wasn't sent to any of the widows in Israel. He was sent to a widow in a foreign town. And in the prophet Elisha's time, Elisha cures a leper, which wasn't something that, that people could do. But it wasn't a leper from Israel. It was a leper from a foreign country, a Syrian named Naaman. Okay, so a little bit ago, people were being astonished by Jesus' gracious words. And he had their approval. But right here, it says, when they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. I, just because he says he won't work miracles? You know, there, there has to, there's something more going on here that we can't fully understand. But the, you know, imagine people around you would have gone in the synagogue, would have gone from being like, I always knew he might have been a prophet. To who does this guy think he is? Like, oh, so he's so he's going to come back to us and he's not going to work any miracles? Well, maybe that's because he hasn't been working any miracles anyway. Maybe it's all a lie. They sprang to their feet and they hustle him out of town and they take him to the brow of the hill that their town was built, intending to throw him down the cliff. But he slipped through the crowd and walked away. And, and last time we, we meditated on, you know, that, that we walked with Jesus and that, you know, we comforted him. And I want to do that again. So Jesus is, is walking out of town, you know, through the countryside. And, and um, there's, there's a priest that says, the more generous you are in your imagination, the more generous the Lord will be with you in your prayer. And by that he means, really do the work to set up the scene with Jesus here. So let's imagine we're walking with Jesus, you know, and we're holding his hand. 
And what is the road like? Is it kind of grayish, blackish dirt? Is it brownish gravel? Does it crunch under your feet? Or is it kind of soft and powdery? You know, is it springtime where everything's just starting to become alive? Or is it more in the fall where the grasses are brown and it's harvest time? You know, is the sun at your back? Is it a clear sky or is there clouds? You know, are you walking up a hill or are you walking down into a valley? Just choose all of these things and imagine them. And you're walking with Jesus. And first I want I'm gonna we're gonna ask ourselves something. And then I want in the in the privacy of your prayer to ask Jesus this question. But first let's ask it of ourselves and talk about it for a second. How do we prefer the darkness to the light? The people of Nazareth had just preferred the darkness of their own beliefs to the light of the truth of, of Jesus. And I just want to give you some, some, some ways that might be. Is if, if we're preferring the darkness, it must mean the light is, is hard. It's kind of hard for us to accept. And, you know, may, maybe the light is that is that Jesus gave you your parents in authority over you but they're not perfect and they don't always discipline you perfect and they aren't perfectly fair and they aren't perfectly just and sometimes they get angry but it doesn't change the fact that Jesus has put them in authority over you and that you need to listen that's kind of hard, but that's the truth. That's the light of Jesus. Is that he gave them authority over you. Maybe you're the oldest. And maybe the, the darkness is that, like, I'm the oldest. My younger siblings should listen to me and should do what I ask them to. And maybe the light of Jesus is that those who are leading must serve as I wash my disciples' feet. Maybe as the oldest, you're called to serve and to care for your youngest. You know, may, maybe for me, the, the light might be that not being wealthy or well-off is a blessing. And the darkness is that we live in a really tiny house and don't own the house. But that the, the blessing is that maybe in that, in that being less well off, we're able to follow Jesus more. But the darkness is that it'd be really nice to have another bedroom in our house. So think about, about these things, that how the truth and the light isn't always what we want to hear. But if we accept it, then we can become children of God and it's the path to true joy. So as you walk with Jesus and you're holding his hand down the road, talk with him in your heart about what's the light that you have a hard time standing in and you want to go back into the, into the shade 
of the easiness of our of our own beliefs. God bless you.